You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi there, welcome to episode 69 of the 515 Podcast. Uh, Jason Priestmeyer here, reunited, and it feels so good. John Wayne McMahon. Yes, it does. You are back in the room with me. I'm back in the room. We are, we got the band back together just for this special back episode. Back together. <laughs> How I'm- uh, in a band. Have you seen those commercials with Peyton Manning? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Peyton. I really do love those the commercials. The band is back together. Yeah, he's one of... of yeah. Talk all about the, extending your career. He is. Of, yeah. one, of all the sports people who's been able to do that effectively, yeah. Shaq is not one of them, but, but Peyton yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea where we're going with that, but <laughs> I do want to say... Um, you're back from your trip out of town. Yes. You want to talk about it briefly before? Yeah, sure. I, uh, yeah, so I shared a little bit before the conference started last week was when that was happening. And uh, what ended up what uh, ended up taking place in Asheville was that I got to be a keynote speaker at a conference that was based on hope. It was uh, hosted by my seminary, the seminary I graduated from, cool. Asbury yeah. Theological uh-huh. Seminary. And as the alumni, I got to speak at it. And so it was just incredible week of um, some renewal and teaching for me it was to learn a lot and to support the seminary but I got to speak at the Billy Graham Retreat Center Um, I got to meet Billy Graham's grandson uh, and like just just a cool to be in that place mm-hmm. and and to um to be able to preach in another another context and and to tell people about what god's done this past year through some really tough ups and downs at kmc and i reflected on the hurricane and things like that and about how we have hope through circumstances similar to that and how timely that was for this to be in the Carolinas That's the after truth. Florence. And, that, yeah. yeah. So and and I had that sermon written way before uh, this took place. So mm-hmm. anyways, it was it, uh, well, let me correct that. God had this sermon planned a <laughs> yeah, long time ago. Sure. So it was just really cool. Well, that's a great opportunity, or yeah. I, I should say, honor to be able to yeah. go before that group that you yeah. know, treated you right. And yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was so much fun. I was nervous and like, sure. uh, but it was a really good time. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, as a result, you decided you were spent and you were not preaching this Sunday. Yeah, we knew after coming off a couple weeks of travel, it makes sense. It'd probably be best. Uh, it'd be responsible to ask someone else to preach, <laughs> um, just because I don't want to ever rush a message, no. and and I want to have enough time to prepare that. So, uh, but also because we wanted to get Bird in there. Bird mm-hmm. hadn't been, been in, a while. Yeah. in Vine in a while, and so uh, we took advantage of that, and uh, it was great. That was, good. was awesome. So um, one of the um, things that really got us is he kind of had the opportunity to um, kind of, I think, probably cut loose a little bit, mm-hmm. have some fun with our yeah. music leader, yes. Ryan. Um, and we are... I know where you're going with this now. As we're like, watching this, yeah. I know I, I wasn't yeah. sure either, but yeah. I'm like, I, <laughs> thanks God, I got this now. Uh, we, we're watching play-by-play um, play play yeah. of the Cubs yeah. playoff game. Yeah, it's, a, it's the wild the card. It's the one-game playoff. So t- tell us what what Bert and yeah, Ryan, so Bert, the, how this bet came. First you're all, in on it, right? First of all, yeah, I'm in on it. I wasn't even a part of the conversation, so that's cool. Uh, but apparently, Bert and uh, Ryan um, went out for tacos instead of working at some point last oh, week. That yeah, must be nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were talking. Uh, Ryan's a huge Cubs fan, and of course, he now lives and works in in Houston, yes. where the greatest baseball team uh, 
reside. So, yeah. uh, anyways, the gauntlet was thrown down that whoever went further in the playoffs, uh, the whoever lost the bet had to wear the opposing team's apparel. Okay. And so that was made public in worship this week, mm. and I was included in that bet, which is crazy. Uh, but anyways, w- what that means is, is tonight... Ryan's team, the Cubbies, could lose before the Astros even think about yeah. first pitch. It's not looking good. Yeah, they're down 1-0 right now in the in the fifth or sixth. So by the time you guys are hearing this, uh, this game will be over. But you'll get to hear us celebrate the demise of Ryan That's right. via podcast. He's going to wear Real probably time the most embarrassing Tie-dye Astros. Astros shirt that, yeah. that exists. Yeah. That, no, no, man. And I'm, I'm committed to, I will take this episode and burn it to like CD and like stick yes. it in this, or cassette. I think his car has yeah. a cassette player. We'll get it everywhere. Wherever it is, we're going to take it and just yeah. like jam it in there so yeah. it can't be removed. Yeah. So absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, let's get caught up on Joseph. Remember that guy? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Is he... Is he still wearing is that, that fancy dad? jacket? Is that Jesus' dad? I've, I've honestly, I asked myself. That. Oh, different, like, different. Well, that's God. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about God this week. Yeah. Let's, for, let's be different. <laughs> okay, Joseph. Uh, yeah, so we're we're a few weeks, four weeks, four in, weeks, I, think, I believe, yeah, yeah. Of, of the Joseph series, and so uh, I won't go through all of the family dynamics. We've been through that the last few weeks, um, but now we finally moved past Genesis thirty-seven, mm-hmm. and we checked finally, out. Yes. Yeah, finally moved past it, and uh, and all of the. Cr- Crazy stories, y'all. Like the craziest sermons ever dreamed of could come out of like Genesis 33 to 37. <laughs> it's just nuts uh, with what's going on in that family. And so we had the opportunity to talk about family systems, things like that. I do just just refer you to previous 515 episodes mm-hmm. and sermons from from Vine and Sanctuary for those. Uh, but this past week, Bert. Burke actually covered three chapters. When when Bert and Chris and myself were looking at this sermon series, we really felt like some of it gets a little redundant, and so we kind of combined uh, a few into one. Okay, and really yeah. what we see in Genesis 38, 39, 40 is kind of this repetition of Joseph being betrayed. And uh, what we wanted to highlight is how— like. First of all, Joseph remains faithful, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll actually talk about that more this coming week. Uh, when things are like, how do we remain faithful in good and bad, um, and have gratitude of that? But but what we see in these three chapters that Bert talked about is what what Joseph could have experienced would have been complete silence from God, because he gets betrayed sure, over and yeah. over again. His family sells him into slavery, mm-hmm. and uh, almost kill him. Decide, you know what? It's it's better better effort. I'm a little hungry. Let's sit down and eat. Yeah. We'll just we'll just get rid of him, sell him into slavery. And so he it is sold into slavery in Egypt and then he he's taken in by Potiphar and Potiphar, the ruler of Egypt, essentially makes him the head of the household, sees that he's smart and he raises him up and then Potiphar's wife has an eye out for him and that kind of awkward thing where she pretends like well, I mean, in modern day terms, uh, assaulted mm, and and okay. and kind of cries wolf in that in uh-huh. that sense. And so Joseph is thrown into prison, and then in prison he gets favor from the warden, but and then he gets betrayed again by some other inmates that yeah. are in jail, and then uh, eventually he comes out, and and the rest of the story is where we're going to go from there. But what do you do when even even uh, in circumstances where it's not your fault? Uh, things go terribly wrong Mm -hmm. and you're in a desert you're in that dark place like 
what do you do? That's yeah. that's where we were this past week and, and wrestling with those things. I know uh, well, one of Bert's key points was um, what how do you react or, or what do you do when you feel like God is silent? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bert, it, Bert's main point, I, and I really, or his first point to that was to embrace embrace the silence mm-hmm. and grow in trust. And it sounds pretty simple, but it I think it's pretty biblical if you think about um, some of God's, you know, this is going to sound like a bumper sticker, but let me develop it a little bit. Uh, some of God's best work is done in the desert. Okay, mm, okay, so there, yeah. there's some formation that mm. takes place in the dark uh, valleys that we're in because um, it is when um, it is when we're in those places and we have nobody and nothing to depend on that we depend on God and God can really change and shape and form us. And yeah. so even if you're in a place where you feel like God has abandoned you and or he's silent, uh, just embrace that and, and lean into it instead of instead of wallowing in it mm-hmm. and know that, first of all, it's outside of the character of God to leave you or abandon you and to not be in your dark place of struggle and suffering, yeah. okay? It's outside of the character of God. And so to embrace that, to trust, and to lean into him all the more, that was that was Bert's first point. I think it's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to come, I don't want to jump ahead, but yeah. we're going to come back to that point where uh, it's like knocking on a locked door. Yeah, yeah. And not like... Come on, what's going on? Why won't you answer? Why won't you open this door? Yeah, yeah. So we'll come. We'll yeah. come back to that. Um, he had a couple other points. He had to embrace the silence. Yeah, and then to pray through it and yes. share your heart with the Lord. Which yeah, I thought was yeah. Pray through the yeah. I mean that that's so that's powerful. that leaning in part, right? Yeah. And, and to be honest, we I've talked about many times in sermons about uh, the perspective, the the Psalms of lament mm-hmm. uh, when David's crying out to the Lord when he's he's being honest about everything that's around him but then he gains perspective and he begins to preach to himself and remind himself of who God is and so we see that take place all the time when David David's in the cave and he's surrounded by his enemies and he cries out God where are you my Mm -hmm. enemies they they all want to kill me where are you and then he says but you are my fortress you are the one who will protect me you are the one I depend on that's that's the place of of prayer and and sharing your heart with the Lord Uh, and I think that's really important to be honest with God instead he's big enough to handle that Mm -hmm. stuff yeah 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 that definitely reminds me that one experience I've shared before of when I was working for this one company, it was a contract job, and it was kind mm. of it was very spotty. It's like, oh, we need you, but not for a few weeks. And then I get there, it's like, oh, wait, not you know, come back in a few weeks. And then yeah. there was like, oh, uh, it was back and forth, back and forth, and it's just like that was my that was my time out in the desert, and uh, I right. was, uh, b- because of you know my beliefs and, and my my strength, it's like I I really I was able to survive through that, and and yeah. that door was knocked, and I kept you know I kept like I kept knocking on it. And again, I don't want to spoil it, but there's well, there's there's some <laughs> there's some theology behind there's some um, not theology, but but there's something like I'm, I'm the reason why I'm hesitating is because I don't want to say this wrong, but there's something to the suffering, and Paul talks about this in Philippians three that we might be joined together in Christ's suffering so that we are also joined in in the power of the resurrection, and so there's. Jesus is led into the desert before he begins his mm-hmm. mission. There's there's something about the hard work of the desert that prepares us for the next season. The reason why I hesitate is I didn't want to say that 
that God causes all the deserts that we're in. Right. 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 But sometimes God allows us to walk into to these deserts and to be in them for longer than we're comfortable. Well, <laughs> yeah, if we had our way, yeah, you know, look at the Israelites uh, with Moses. They're yeah. like, dude, this manna is stale. <laughs> Can we go back to where we were slaves? At least that's we right. ate okay there. Yeah. Like really, man, slave. You want to go back to <laughs> that? That's how quick we are to forget. Yeah, we, we. If it's not on our timetable, then, then we kind of freak out. And so, it means to kind of get some perspective and hold mm-hmm. on because, even this, even in this work, we are joined with Christ. Christ has walked through the darkest valley, so that in our dark valleys, we know that we are with Him. That He has passed through that. He's done the hard work. But also, I just want to put in perspective of the grand scheme of things. This hardship is really small. Yeah. And God is going to use it in some amazing ways and redeem it. That's great. He also, uh, Bird also. Hey, like, hang uh, on, real quick, what? just to be clear, yes, so we please. don't have to go back and cut this. Okay. I don't want to ever trivialize anybody's pain. No. But I just mean in the grand scheme of things, and when we're thinking about us being children of God and God has defeated death itself and we have all eternity with him, no matter how deep and wide our hurt and pain is uh, in relation to who God is, uh, there, there's hope and, and joy there. That's what I meant. That's Don't want to trivialize anybody's pain. And I pain. think we're going to touch on how to go through that desert yeah. or that pain. Yeah. Uh, on the next two bullets that Bert gave yeah. us, that um, and is to to read scripture in community, yep. but also stay connected in community. He he was very yeah. specific. Cover about these together, together which is right. important. Um, um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, when you know one of his one of his points that like uh, I even wrote it down. I was like, he he said when when you're alone, God agrees with you. Yeah, I was like, true. dude, that's so profound. Yeah. I love that. Um, but when you're in a community, when you're a community. You hear, you can hear more clearly mm-hmm. through the others that you're with. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever been in, uh, in, or has this ever happened to you in one of your band, in your band group or small group where you said something out loud and everyone just kind of like corrected you? Mm, yes. Yeah. So We've definitely. So this happened to me a couple yeah. weeks ago. Like I said something, and I was just explaining something I was struggling with, something going on. Uh, and as soon as I said something, a member of my band group was like, wait a minute, say that again? <laughs> and and what he did was he he showed the uh, shallowness yeah. in my way of thinking about the problem. And immediately, and, and if I was by myself in that, I'm right. Yeah. You know, I was the one who was right. And so... Uh, that that's why community is so important for those things. He says the same point for scripture. When you read scripture alone, um, you know God agrees with you for mm-hmm, everything. And mm-hmm. and I and I uh, understand what he's saying. Devotion don't don't throw out devotional time. Right. Uh, but just to know that uh, when we're studying who God is and in relation to to who we are and the, that stuff happens in community, it's really important. We talked about community more, so much that we don't need to now. Yeah. But <laughs> but small groups, band groups are really important. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, another great analogy he had uh, was about how sometimes that uh, we need to realize that this door is locked and it is it's appropriate to keep knocking on it keep pounding on that door yeah um, but other times sometimes god may help us push through the door yeah for yeah. sure mm-hmm. but other times it's like and i love the way i wish bert was here to quote it for me um it's like no 
the door's locked. Move on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He made a joke about whether or not it was supposed to be, you know, is God calling me this or it's indigestion from pizza last night? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no. So I love, I love the honesty in that, and and I just want to camp out here for a second because I think that is a great analogy. What's frustrating when we feel like God is silent is in the silence or the desert, we don't know. What's frustrating is we don't know if God is calling us to persevere through this Mm -hmm. or if God is telling us we need to change our context, that this is not the place to press through. We actually need to move on and do something else. So think about like, for example, I can can think of a really easy example, a family member. As I'm trying to witness or like encourage and pour into a family member, at what point do all the dead ends become dead ends that God's saying, move on? Yeah. Like, don't waste any more time here. I've got this and I'll handle it in different ways. Uh, and at what point is God saying, keep persevering, keep trying, keep keep, uh, keep bringing all that you have. And like the persistent widow in prayer that's, mm-hmm. uh, that Jesus talks about in the Gospels. Uh, how do you differentiate between the two? Let me just give some thoughts. Pertaining to Joseph's story, I think that there is something interesting going on. Joseph is literally locked inside doors in prison, right? He's literally yeah. locked in. Mm-hmm. And so those doors are literally locked for him and he chooses to make the most of the relationships and what circumstances are in front of him and it is I don't think Joseph knows that down the road he's going to get out of prison and he's going to be elevated to the point that he's going to that God's going to redeem this he doesn't know what that's going to look like but his trust in God allows him to look around him and say here's what's in front of me I'm going to be faithful with the little that I have right here and I'm going to make the most of these circumstances and I'm and I'm going to be, I'm going to be trusting in God in this and and yes God gives him favor and he elevates him even in the warden's eyes when he's in prison but you have to think about how this works I actually think that Joseph had to participate yes God gives him favor but mm-hmm. Joseph couldn't be a jerk like even if God I don't think God just gives like uh, mind control over the warden and in like convinces him subconsciously to elevate Joseph. I think Joseph also had to participate in this favor air quote favor yeah. of God by being a good dude. You know, we by see, like winning him over by loving him and showing him that he deserved to be there. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like you know we've seen enough prison movies where the people go in and just get worse and worse and worse. You know, it's not a re- rehabilitation in this in those examples. But here's Joseph who's like, he's in this horrible situation, but somehow people seen him, but this guy's really kind of a good guy. And, you know, we can give him some more uh, rights or privileges or responsibilities, you know? Yeah. So I, I would love to see the movie of that. What, yeah. you know, is, is exactly pushing the book cart down and yeah. handles it? <laughs> yeah, right. Little shot shot just do, doing, doing what I need to do, yeah. you know? I mean, like, and, and kind of... Uh, serving faithfully and God, you know, God honors that in, in different ways, but but I don't know. It's just really important to, to see what circumstances are around us, to not not be overcome by the darkness that we forget that the light is a possibility. Yeah. 
the, the potential of light. Mm-hmm. So how do we do this? Well, things to consider. Fasting, uh, how do we remove obstacles around us? Because in the dark night of our soul, when God is silent, sometimes we self-medicate. And it doesn't have to be with addiction or drugs or anything like that, but we can overeat, we can sure. binge watch TV, mm-hmm. we can just uh, play Xbox, we can just shut down on ourselves, we can over-consume work and miss everything else that is around us. Um, so how do we how do we remove distractions in a healthy way through fasting and how do we lean in through prayer and how do we share this with community so that we are welcoming others into our conversation in healthy loving relationships so that they might encourage us and speak truth into us and the problem in the dark night of the soul or when we when we feel like god is silent is we usually do the opposite of all these things we retreat we shut down we isolate and we just fill ourselves with temporary comforts Mm -hmm. Okay, you ready to go here? Yeah. So maybe <laughs> one thing Bert did, I thought very well, um, and you can go back and listen to the sermon. Judge for yourself. Uh, I and I really encourage you to because I think he really talked to the to the fact that there's a lot of things going on in the news this past week or so that are curiously timely for. Or Joseph's story is very timely for mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Um, yep. Let's you take it from here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, you thanks, bet. Jason. I'm gonna uh, go lay down. Pinch hit. Come on in. All right. So uh, let let me say just a couple of thoughts on here. I'm gonna I am gonna tread lightly because I and I'm doing that on purpose, not out of weakness. And I can explain that a little bit as we go. But um, so directly relating to Supreme Court, mm-hmm. Kavanaugh, like all all uh, Doctor Ford, all of this stuff that's coming out, these accusations, things like that. Um, interestingly, the part of the story that just landed this week was Potiphar's wife wrongly accusing uh, Joseph of something that he didn't do, yeah. and so. We could hide from that and how that timing worked out, but we didn't want to. No. As a matter of fact, our student ministry uh, wrestle with these things in some unique ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me say just a couple things. There's no doubt in my mind that in general, women are oppressed in general by men. Mm-hmm. And, and you want statistics, man, go look at the number of... Uh, men that are CEOs of Fortune 500 companies versus women. If you want to see more examples, come hang out with any women clergy, even this day and age in the United Methodist Church, Mm -hmm. which is a denomination that welcomes and affirms women's calling into clergy. Just hang out with how women are treated and overlooked at yeah. at best a lot of times and worst uh just mistreated mm-hmm. uh and and disrespected and well worse even still probably than that but yeah. so in general i just think that that like let's quit hiding from that fact mm-hmm. uh everybody i was gonna say guys but everyone's quit hiding from that fact and we live in a society where men gain more respect than women, right? I just feel like that happens. Uh, I think the conversation with women's appropriate response uh, when it comes to the Me Too movement, um, when it comes to coming forward and speaking out, when it comes to all of those things, I think that conversation would be more most healthy in dialogue. So I won't speak 
Mm-hmm. I won't speak too much into that right now. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, we have a bully pulpit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like that's I, not what we're trying to do. Yeah, is take advantage I, of I really don't. I, but yeah. it, but I've I've entered into dialogue with other other women and mm-hmm. asked questions about um, these things that are going on, and not out of judgment, but just out of wondering uh, what it, why do people wait to come forward with accusations? Um, what is it? With, with accusations, why do they wait to come forward with real stories of assault? Right. I, I mean, I mean that. Like, wh- why do they do that? And so, asking those questions, just learning. I think learning and entering into those conversations are really important. Um, and not and, and having actual conversations, not yelling matches or yeah, getting yeah, just violently yeah. mad at the other because of of, of their one side of the conversation. You know. Yeah. Um, first of all, most most of most of y'all uh, turn. Facebook off right right now. Yeah. Like stop yeah. it. Just stop Seriously. it. Seriously. Uh, because that's not the place for it. Nothing healthy happens there and there's no dialogue and you're not gonna convince anyone mm-hmm. of, of your platform or your party's platform or or your point of view in this. Um, we don't we don't have all the answers. Uh, common Joe Blow in Kingwood does right. not have all the an- all the information to be able to to understand the the subtleties of this this conversation Mm -hmm. we may get more information it goes forward but you're what you need to do is turn off the button that says that you're right before you enter into a conversation so that you can receive and learn and interact with others and listen even if we're coming from a place where uh like if if you give people the right to be heard, then we can get a lot further than us pointing fingers at each other. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, I think most of us understand that. The last thing I want to say, and you talked about this a little bit, um, parents, we gotta we gotta pay attention to what our kids are doing yeah. and, and where they are, because this kind of this kind of party scene. Uh, the, listen, I came out of it. Um, it was instilled in me and early on Mm -hmm. as parents allowed me to participate in parties at their house it became like a natural thing that was going on this is happening all over the place it's happening at Kingwood it's I mean if you know I've heard stories um, before my children were ever anywhere near high school about these parties that happened you know like prom or whatever afterwards it's like okay we're gonna we're gonna rent a house and the kids can go there they're safe because we've we're taking them there. We're providing all of these things that are not conducive to a really good, wholesome time. Mm-hmm. But because we're giving them alcohol, uh, it's safe because, you know, we're, we're aware of it. Because, we, yeah, we see it all. We see right. it. So um, I just, I have a... But what happens when they... You're right. And what happens when they want to... And I'm speaking from tons of experience, right. here, personal experience, not as a parent, but as a contributor to the problem not the sexual assault problem mm-hmm. but but the party problem mm-hmm. what happens when we try to recreate that mm-hmm. right because we're going to we're going to recreate we're not just going to do that once and not yeah. want another piece of that experience and and not continue doing that and so parents just be very aware of what what's going on how we're raising our men to respect women um to protect women yeah uh, to not objectify women and parents, how are we how are we leading our our young women to put themselves in the best case yeah. scenarios? 
Now, listen to my to my sisters that hear that. I am not saying that it is right that you have to be so careful, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying we just need to be careful. Yeah, the other the other thing that is now more relevant than what when I first kind of came up with this this you know this thought is that if your kids need any more proof that what they do can come back to bite them down the road. I know it's going to be, it's like impossible for them to grasp that, that, that notion that that can happen. Right. Um, this is it. Yeah. Turn on the news. Yeah. Imagine yourself. Well, wait till, so wait, wait. And social Social media media is not, it's not shown its full glory of what this is going to look like. Today, Exactly. And and today companies look at social media for new hires. and, And, and I've seen these, um, you know, millennials or Generation Z or whatever, these kids coming in right out of college. Yeah. And I've done it. I've I've been interviewing people and like, well, let me just look at their social media real quick. And guess what? I made judgment and I made right. decisions based off of what I saw. So there's just so much stuff here that yep. parents can look at and say, I need to have this conversation with my child. Yeah. And there, I, I can't even touch on all the different things that you know you should be talking about with your child, your yeah, student. A couple, yeah, a couple things. One, uh, I think as as Christians, we really need to love our spouse well. How we model mm-hmm. our our marriage and respect our spouse in front of our kids goes a long ways. Um, just, just, and I'm speaking on that from hanging out with youth mm-hmm. uh, from doing youth ministry for a long time okay. and then the other thing is like the church and uh, families have done a poor job of talking to their kids about sex mm-hmm. and so we're, we're just way behind the ball on this on, on what it looks like to to have biblical um, healthy pursuits of the opposite sex to have those relationships what what that looks like how it's a beautiful thing uh, if it's done right if if we uh, are pursuing god in a healthy way uh, these kind of conversations are not happening and so now they're being left to the general society to shape that um on on whatever experience our kids are having yeah so listen, not an expert in any of this stuff. We solve nothing today. Uh, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> right. but just yeah. speaking out of some small experience, mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, I'm sure many parents have had different experiences that would that would make y'all more experienced in this area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's worth saying from a a Christian ethical standpoint, some practical ways that we engage in what's going on. Yeah, amen to that, man. How about that? Yeah, yeah. we're done. <laughs> we're done, right? Yeah, this is our. The last, last thing I want to no, say is, it, it, is there's only uh, like what two innings, two, three bats, three at bats left for the Cubs, and then Ryan's going down. Wow. So I almost feel like we should stay on this. If if we were actually broadcasting live, oh man, that that would we could really commentate that. But we're not going to do that. Tonight. We're not going to do that. Uh, so we'll by the time this hits the air, everyone will know the outcome of that. Yeah, we'll post this with a funny meme about the Cubs lo- losing. Can't wait. How's that sound? Can't wait. Okay, John Wayne, um, uh, give us a little hint about next week. Yeah, um, or just never the, lose your taste for hot dogs. Oh, that's gosh. it. That's the that's the hint. All right. Good luck with that. How about that? <laughs> if I can't, I've never got lose nothing. your taste for hot dogs. Okay. Isn't that a great teaser? I'm thinking are about you, baseball are again. You, are you a little intrigued? Oh, I'm very intrigued. I have I have absolutely no idea where this is I going. I can't believe I remember that quote, but I'm glad. <laughs> All right.
Good deal. Well, everyone, love uh, you guys. Thank you for downloading, for listening, for your feedback, and um, hope you can take some of that at heart and have some tough conversations. Yeah, dialogue. Dialogue. Yeah, Talk to nice. some people. Amen. Yeah, amen. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.